the message of an angel may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. Good afternoon and welcome to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Glad you're with us. An hour to talk about the things that are going on, the good stuff. Uh, and there is a lot of good stuff going on here in North Texas, uh, in the Catholic world, so we're glad you're with us. Uh, second half of the program today will be pre-recorded, uh, and uh, I'll explain why it had to be that way in just a moment. It's a pretty exciting interview. So we got a big shot, a big, big, big time archbishop from another part of the world who, who will be joining us, but it's already been recorded. But I'll tell you about that in a second. 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. And we can no longer say Happy Easter because we're out, out, out of I Easter can't. now. So I know you were tempted to wish I me a know. Happy Easter, Sissel, but uh, how you doing? Good to see you. I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, so Happy Easter. Ordinary time. That's just that uh, doesn't roll off the tongue as easily. <laughs> Happy ordinary time to you, but yeah, you know, most of the liturgical season, a lot of it's ordinary time. So we got a long stretch of ordinary time. I think all the way to Advent, I believe now, right? Yeah, I think yeah. all the way to Advent. Yeah, and I love Advent. All right, uh, Dave Palmer's my name. Cecil Anderson is hers, and we have a few things to talk about. And then live in studio, we have Aaron Fowler, who is. Just about to uh, celebrate his first anniversary as the executive director of Birth Choice of Dallas. And so we had him on about a year ago, even before he started. And so there's a lot of exciting things happening with Birth Choice of Dallas. They had a big uh, kind of a volunteer breakfast uh, last Sunday. They have a position open that he wants to talk about. And uh, there's a lot, a lot of exciting things. There's a lot of excitement just in the pro-life movement in general. You know, the the the, the, the Supreme Court's going to hear a case that could potentially overturn Roe v. Wade and heartbeat bill and, you know, a lot of stuff. I don't know a lot about the politics, but there's there's a lot going on. So Aaron's going to join us here in just a moment. And then uh, I kind of hinted at it in the second half of the show. What happened is Dr. Jonathan Sanford, typically in the fourth Monday of the month, comes in and does what we call the University of Dallas segment, right? And mm-hmm. today is the fourth Monday of the month. But last Sunday was the commencement ceremony for UD, and they had as their commencement speaker none other than Archbishop, um, oh, let me see if I can get the name here, right? <laughs> Bashar Warda, who's the Archbishop of Erbil, Iraq. And he's the one that welcomed Pope Francis a few months ago to Iraq. It was a big deal, a big international news. And so last Monday, Archbishop Warda and Dr. Sanford and several other people from University of Dallas, including Claire Venegas, uh, came and they, they recorded it, all right, because the Archbishop couldn't hang around for a week to do a, a live radio interview. So we're going to do, we're going to play that in the second half of the show. It's pretty interesting. So, uh, we're very honored that he, he visited us. Not, not very friendly guy. I think we talked about it a little bit on the show last week. All right. Other than that, let's talk about the summer speaker series event. Yes. That's, uh, coming up August 5th and, 
Uh, tickets are selling, aren't they? They really are. Absolutely. I'm very excited. We've had people buy lots of tickets. There's a lot of couples of tickets. There's people from all across Texas that are coming. We have people out of state coming. So it's going to be an exciting event. Yeah. So far, the, the furthest away is New Jersey. I believe that so. That we've seen. We're uh, open to people coming from further than that. Other you parts know? of the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's the big draw and why are we so excited about this one? Well, we've had 12 of these. This is the 13th one. And uh, Father John Ricardo is going to be our speaker. And Father John Ricardo, in the last 10 years or so, just hasn't traveled very much. I think he spoke to like a Legatus group in Dallas a couple years ago. But not many people have seen him live. And he's a very, very gifted speaker. And he's a very holy priest. And there's a lot of excitement about that. So a lady over the weekend bought 10 tickets. Uh, several people bought four and three and four. So they're going fast. Officially right now, we've sold 183 tickets. Okay, but it's still two and a half months away. Uh, we expect a thousand. And uh, again, I would just encourage you to get the tickets. Uh, we've got a big venue. It's going to be at the, um, the grand ballroom of the Irving Convention Center mm-hmm. right across the street. And they, they can fit a lot of folks in, right? Yes. Um, but my only, and I don't mean this as like a pressure kind of thing is that God forbid something happens with COVID or it returns, you know. If we've sold a thousand tickets and they only allow us to have five or six hundred in the venue, then we just have to honor the first five hundred people that bought tickets, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't, obviously, but that that would be a good reason to just if you're going to come anyways, just get on and get your tickets because uh, you you'll be pretty much guaranteed to get in. But well, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we'll have a thousand people. It's going to be a great event. So. I'm excited about it, and also I want to thank our latest sponsor of the the event, and it's the Knights of Columbus out of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller, uh, Council 759, and they asked uh, me if I would promote a fundraising raffle that they are doing in lieu of their annual casino night, and the raffle goes until June 14th, and uh, just go to, if you do a search for you know, Knights of Columbus, St. Elizabeth, and Seton Keller. I don't know the exact website. And just buy some tickets. They're $5 each. You can win a $1,000 Visa gift card, a $500 gift card, a 55-inch uh, television, a, a, you know, all kinds of stuff. But uh, please support them. I'm, I'm going to get some tickets myself and support them. The only other thing I want to talk about, and then, Cecil, you may have some other news as well, uh, especially about the share mm-hmm. and volunteers and that kind yes. of stuff is I, you know, we, we, we do a lot of events and, you know, fish fries and, you know, things that are going on and happy stuff. And I've gotten to know this group of uh, wonderful people from Nigeria, and they've been in several times. Uh, Augustina Madu Odidokidika is our main, my main contact. And, you know, the stuff, what's going on in Nigeria with the, um, the Biafra community out there, the Christians are getting persecuted and killed. And it's not a happy thing to talk about, but it's happening. And she and some other folks from Nigeria are really trying to raise awareness about this. And so she asked me if I'd promote an event coming up. Uh, I think it's Sunday, May 30th at noon, Victoria Park in Irving on Northgate Drive. I guess that's very close to UD. Uh, it's a Biafra Independence and Memorial Day celebration. Uh, so I guess they're combining the Biafran Independence and then our own Memorial Day, uh, which will be the next day. And so if you're interested in that, do a search online or I can send you something. But um, there, it is a pretty serious situation. If nothing else, pray for them because, boy, you know, we've got problems over here. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're not 
you know, dragging us out of our houses and killing us. And, you know, you know it's, it's, it's pretty bad over there. So thanks to them for keeping the, you know, uh, me up to date on what's going on. All right. So that's it. Seven minutes after. Got a few minutes. And uh, Summer Sherathon is two weeks from Tuesday, the 8th and th- to the 11th. I wish we had queued up our little spot that we did. Is it too, is it too oh, late to do that? I could have it for the break if that oh, works. Okay. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a great spot. Yes. I, I really enjoyed that. But anyways, <laughs> so you, you've, you're, you're organizing the meals and the volunteers and everything. So what are the yes. needs? So currently, we have a need for uh, one or two more volunteers for the morning shift, which uh, which is on Thursday, June 10th uh, from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. So if you're an early riser, this is just to come in and help us answer the phone calls from all the people calling in who love Catholic Radio and are donating. Um, and it's a fun time. You're going to meet some new friends. You're going to get fed some good food. And um, I don't worry. I try to make sure everyone's always entertained, even if it's telling really bad jokes and doing magic tricks. Yeah, your juggling is I, just uh, <laughs> outstanding. Oh, it, it I, you is. Know, you're, it you're is. juggling you know, chainsaws. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, I, I always say, be careful. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, I do have to like make sure everyone stays a few feet back and all that. But <laughs> no, Cecil doesn't juggle. At least I don't know. I've never seen it. That's I, am, a joke. I cannot juggle. I'm okay. so sorry. But if you'd like to come, um, you know, if you Catholic Radio has blessed you, you want you want to do some volunteer work. It's a it's a great time and um, it builds a good community. And honestly, a lot of people usually uh, want to come back. And we have a lot of returnees, so it's a lot of fun. Um, so again, that's 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Thursday, uh, June 10th. If you want to. Come Come volunteer with us. You can email me um, at sissel at grnonline.com. My first name is spelled S-I-S-S-E-L. Um, sorry, I don't have an easier first name for you to <laughs> pronounce. Uh, Cecil? Uh, sizzle. Oh, and- sizzle. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>, sizzling. <laughs> we yeah. also do have uh, one meal not covered yet for our volunteers. So if you're okay. interested, if you can either bring food by or just donate some money for us to buy food for our volunteers, you can uh, do that as well. And same thing, Cecil at grnonline.com so yeah all right. Dave is easier to spell and pronounce. I know, you know? I know. I should have changed my name when I got my email. <laughs> yeah, I like your unique names. Oh, you yeah. Know? I think that's pretty cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. And again, if you want to volunteer, uh, the Sherathon is going to be, and you're gonna, you can queue up that spot. Okay. For the, the first spot, the bottom of the hour yes. is the spot that we did. It's, it's, it's just kind of one of those back and forth. I think it was kind of funny. Uh, and it's 8th through the 11th of June, the, the Summer Sherathon, with a theme of Holy Catholic. Oh, like, yeah. Like, holy macaroni. I feel uh, like uh, Robin. Yeah, yeah. Holy, <laughs> holy spaceships, Batman. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure that's going to be bantered about quite oh, a bit, sure. especially Sissel, since she thinks oh, yes. she's Batman. I am. Uh, and the day we need volunteers is Thursday the 10th, and so if you can help out with that morning shift, uh, let us know. You can email Sissel directly or kth at grnonline.com or what I have you. Last thing I'm going to say before we bring Aaron into the conversation here, I just feel compelled. I wouldn't plan on saying this, but I've been doing the... Uh, St. Joseph consecration. Are you, ah, are you finished yet? I am not. I'm finishing uh, finishing on the feast of the of Corpus Christi. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm yeah, so, so you actually planned and and is I it mean, kind of yeah. worked around like so that it concludes on a particular feast. I did right? it with the Young Catholic Professionals Conference, so that oh, they planned. That's right. I okay. followed. <laughs> okay. But I, I have uh, started it. I think today's day eight uh, for us. And I am really, really enjoying that. And, uh, you know, Father Donald Calloway wrote the book about the consecration. And so if you haven't done it already and you want to do it during the year of St. Joseph, uh, I, I just highly recommend it. It's, it's been great. And I, I, I just, I had no idea about how prominent the role of St. Joseph has been, especially the last 100, 150 years mm-hmm. in the church. And it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it really is. And, and, and so. 
highly recommend you do that. And if you don't have the book, make sure you go to your local Catholic bookstore to get it. Yeah. I know for certain I was at some of them over this last week. They they did have them in stock at Little yeah. Angels, and I'm sure at Sacred Heart Books and Gifts, Divine Mercy. So yeah, make sure you yeah. support them. And a good reminder, support uh, Catholic bookstores, support all of our sponsors. We really appreciate that very much. All right, let's get right to... Our uh, first guest, Aaron Fowler, uh, who's about to serve, uh, celebrate his first year as Executive Director of Birth Choice of Dallas. You can find them online, birthchoicedallas.org. How are you doing, Aaron? Thanks for coming in. Great, Dave. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. So a year ago, we, we talked, and you were still you know, getting ready to start. And so now as you look back, it's been a busy year, hasn't it? Or what, what would you say, you know, what have you all accomplished? Or what are your, some of your, the highlights of your first year? What comes to mind? Yeah, you know, it's um it really has been uh, an incredible year. So coming through 2020 and all of the changes and 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 crazy that went on, uh the Birth Choice team really stayed stable and steady in consistently and daily caring for the women's needs uh that are considering uh and suffering through the process of uh that abortion mm-hmm. decision. And so our team has um progressively developed uh, a very acute framework of encountering these clients. Mm -hmm. And so we use a particular methodology called motivational interviewing, uh, which is a a counseling model of of dialogue. And the way that works um, is really supportive and elevating to that woman's decision-making and giving her confidence back so that she can decide life for her child. Yeah. And let me just uh, back up a little bit because uh, I just kind of went straight into birth choice. Like everybody listening knows exactly what you do and everybody's familiar. They should be. But uh, for the, the the person that just tuned in and doesn't really know what birth choice is and the mission, can you kind of uh, maybe get, summarize that briefly? Yeah. So we're a Catholic. Um, uh, our main name is Catholic Crisis Pregnancy Centers of Dallas, Texas. Uh, our DBA, uh, our n- name kind of known is Birth Choice Dallas. Uh, we are in the same parking lot as Southwestern uh, Women's uh, Clinic. Uh, it's an abortion facility, one of the largest in Texas, and it only does um, surgical and chemical abortions mm-hmm. that they see anywhere from 50 to 70 women a day. And uh, we are basically share a parking lot. They have their own little building, and then we're in a uh, little building complex uh, right there, and I can basically look out my office window and, and see their, their front door. You ever, like, park next to their executive director and just happen to be kind of walking in at the same time, or just any interaction with them, or, you know, even good morning, or uh, do, you, do you see them? Uh, I've always prayed for an opportunity, you yeah. know, as, as Providence might, might dictate. Uh, I've seen a few of the nurses come up, because, yeah, we have yeah. some parking spots that are similar. Um, uh, but no, you know, the, the, we haven't had any direct confrontation, I think, years past. Maybe there was more kind of frustrations uh, back and forth, depending on, you know, the way they viewed us or, or however. Um, the, the sidewalk counselors with CPLC, they probably see a lot more, you know, interaction because yeah. they're just standing there, uh, you know, all day praying and 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 uh, being available for women as they kind of go through the front doors. Right. So the idea is uh, a abortion-minded woman, and or sometimes with her boyfriend or husband or whatever, they come to to birth choice, not always knowing exactly, you know, what you do, but you want to get them in the door so that you can try to save lives and also save them, you know, so so to speak as well. And you you mentioned motivational interviewing. Uh, what what tell, tell, kind of tell us? They come in. They're obviously they're in most cases distraught. They're in a 
low point in their life. They're worried. They're anxious. And so how, how does it go? So uh, kind of at the principle there, we have uh, an, an objective, which is basically elevating this woman's decision-making process by giving her uh, a quality of care and letting her be confident and strong in herself to decide life. Mm -hmm. um, and so instead of us, you know, really getting in there and like, Hey, we'll help save this baby. Uh, we're facilitating the opportunity where she can make a life decision. And this motivational interviewing process is very um, uplifting and supportive of her without facilitating, you know, solicitations or mm -hmm. advices or recommendations, because all of us know at any given point, when we're going through, you know, a tough decision or whatever, I'm sure we all love when, you know, a hundred of our friends say, Hey, come and do this. Why don't you think about that? And then it's, it's so many things and it, it makes that process really challenging. Whereas motivational interviewing is a clinical uh, counseling model, which facilitates a reflection. So, so listening actively and then facilitating a reflection and an opportunity for that individual to consider their own thoughts mm -hmm. and maybe in a, in a way that allows them to balance and, and understand better this decision-making process because it could be overweighed with so many things, so much guilt, so much pain and frustration and shame. And so navigating that process, um, even though a, a great recommendation is, hey, you have this abortion today, that is a grave moral evil, and all that's very yeah. true – but shame on the other side just compounds and compounds and compounds. And that process is really, really challenging for them to make a decision for life and have it be a constant decision. It's, it's a, it's a um, encounter with the culture of life instead of just preventing an abortion. Yeah. And idea, idea, ideally, it's not a one and done, one conversation, good luck, we hope you do well, they, they come back. What is the average like length of a relationship that you have with a, a mother or a couple? Is it, it goes on for months or years or, or how long? It can't. We have several clients that have come back over multiple years and just thanking you know, particular advocates or nurses uh, for the support that they were given. We've had a few clients that have come back the, with their second pregnancy. Oh, yeah. And you know, helping them understand their needs and facilitating that opportunity uh, to have a first baby. And then they come back and they're like considering abortion again, mm -hmm. you know? And so after looking at that and understanding better um, the community and, and really the needs there, providing everything that we possibly can, you know, material assistance, the free sonograms, all of our services are absolutely free, you know, a highly trained uh, paid staff that are available for that, you know, year after year after year kind of encounter. Yeah. And so the opportunity for the individuals to be supported and have a, you know, experience with the same individual, we'd love to see them even three or four times, you know, more and more. Uh, it's fairly common. We see a lot of abortion, very, very determined clients, individuals that are really like, I got to have this today. Sometimes we only you know, see them once, sometimes a few times. It just depends. Mm -hmm. Aaron Fowler joining me. He is the executive director of Birth Choice of Dallas. Uh, just put a .org at the end of that, and that's where you can find their website. A lot of information there, Birth Choice. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it's birthchoicedallas.org. Now, no, no of birthchoicedallas.org. Uh, you recently said there's an opening at Birth Choice for a client advocate position. Tell us about that. You still have that need? I do, yes. Yeah. So we have um, the client advocate who is the individual that would encounter the woman. We would train them uh, in that clinical counseling model. Um, and their role would be very specific to facilitating the conversation and elevating this woman's personal dignity. Um, mm. We would really like to encourage the kind of a, a bilingual, you know, on this particular one because we don't have one currently um, to help us facilitate because there are a lot of Spanish speaking only clients that come in and we refer them uh, to other organizations that we really believe are doing great work. Um, for the time being, but that would be something that would be we would we're very interested in is is a bilingual client advocate. Sometimes they're licensed counselors. Sometimes they have a degree in social work. Uh, sometimes they're just a really passionate uh, individual that is capable of learning and encountering the challenges of the pro life day to day. Any prerequisites? Do they have to have a degree in counseling or anything? Just a, a good heart and a love for people, and uh, otherwise they can be trained into the position, right? Absolutely. All right. And is there a link on the website where they can apply or what should they do if somebody's interested? Just have them um, you know, email me, director at birthchoicedallas.org uh, is sufficient for right now. I don't have a link. I think we have uh, uh, um, a job posting up on the, the diocesan website currently. Okay. All right. Uh, director at birthchoicedallas.org is the, uh, the email that you can, you can, you know, pick. Uh, a couple Sundays ago, my, well, a couple weeks ago, my daughter said that she had been invited by some friends to this Sunday morning brunch event for birth choice. And I was like, well, great, you know, so we rearranged, you know, the, her mass schedule, of course. And she really enjoyed that. Tell us about this event. Of course, it's in the past, uh, but what was the purpose? And uh, also, I'd love to speak uh, about the the speaker at the event because she's coming into our studio in a couple of weeks to do an interview, and I hear she has an outstanding testimony. Yeah, so um, that event was designed to create awareness and enthusiasm about birth choice to individuals that we may not ordinarily be able to connect with. So we invited several people uh, to try to then invite their friend kind of thing. And um, Samantha uh, Vigliora, she, she's my director of development. And this was uh, just really a fantastic idea that she came up with, and she designed the whole thing flawlessly. Uh, everyone was just excited from some people that have been to 30, 40 events like that in their you know, 10, 15-year time of, of being invited to, to those types of experiences. They've said it was the absolute best event mm-hmm. they'd ever been Oh, really? To. Oh, wow. It's two hours. We're not there just asking money. We're not trying to, you know, facilitate anything like that. Um, we're trying to encourage awareness and enthusiasm, one, about the pro-life movement, and two, about particularly birth choice and its existence. Not a lot of people know about us uh, always, um, and some of them don't really understand what we do. So we're trying to get some people in, get them to... to uh, know and get excited about the work we're doing and then bring them in for a tour and kind of a walkthrough. We're staging tours, you know, like once a month of mm-hmm. groups, even up to 25 people uh, to let them encounter that. But it was an event specifically uh, post Mother's Day, but a baby shower. So it was very cutesy and fun. I was the only guy there. I mean, everybody <laughs> had a blast. Um, uh, I spoke very briefly kind of on our mission and just about birth choice for about five minutes, but we had Amy, um, come on, and that's who who will come into your studio here soon. 
uh, and she had just a fantastic testimony. She was really enthused and motivated to encourage the the mission for life, and we hope that she'll continue uh, doing what she's doing. Yeah, her. Uh, I'll probably butcher her last name. Wawaszewski, I think it is. Uh, she's got a Polish name, and basically, she was uh, involved with Planned Parenthood. I, was she on the board, or she she did she kind of like an Abby Johnson? Although I don't think she was a manager like Abby Johnson was, but she was she was in, you know, and. Through the grace of God, she got out, and now she's pro-life, and uh, and she's a, a very eloquent lady, and and so yeah, she's coming in, and uh, she's a teacher, so right now it's not it's, it's hard for her to to get out during the week, but uh, I think this is her last week, so she's going to come in. We're also going to do an interview uh, for our Sherathon because Catholic Radio played a part in I don't know what part because I haven't heard the whole story yet, but I know it played a part in her uh, leaving and then becoming pro-life. So I'm looking forward to that interview as well. Uh, you mentioned awareness. That's always a challenge with you know every organization. I mean, just letting people know who you are. So how, how, how do you get the word out, or how do people stay in touch with you? You know, um, I guess you can um, uh, just calling. We yeah. do have people that call, like, hey, you know, I want to talk to you or know better. Um, sometimes the community just word of mouth, but but really having a tour, coming into mm-hmm. Birth Choice, seeing our facility, talking to us and listening to us um, is is really a valuable way because we've got people I've encountered that are big businessmen. They've been in the pro-life movement for a long time. They're just smart individuals who are really well-informed and cultured, and they really didn't have an idea of that tangible, like what? actually happens every single day what does that process look like all these different things um that they just had a very vague idea and so we want to continue and inform on that and create awareness because that's really important Mm -hmm. you know that process in which a woman is encountered in this time of of challenging potential crisis or just uh you know really deep depression to total confusion yeah we've had so many different uh variety of of client experiences, it's really good for the community to understand maybe what they're going through too, uh, and and helping us facilitate ways to to help them better. Yeah, and uh, you, you talked about the uh, client advocate position. Are you in need of volunteers? I love that you got high school kids that are you know volunteering and helping out with birth choice, and that, I think that that's including my my daughter who's one of them. Uh, what are the other needs as far as volunteers or way people can help maybe one day a week or, you know, what, what do you have available? So, yeah, if a volunteer, you know, someone's inspired and they want to help, um, definitely reach us, uh, at info at birthchoicedallas.org. Um, and Courtney Shaw, who's my director of client services, will kind of organize that. But we, we really have a need for the front desk. So, so we have, a uh, all the rest of, of the client encounter is, is paid staff. And we have, and we have a really good, you know, reason behind, you know, going that particular direction on top of coronavirus just pulled away a lot of the volunteer opportunities mm-hmm. and, and rightly so, you know, there's a lot of good rationale there, but encountering a woman, you know, like that, that first moment she walks in and she's like, okay, hi, you know, I'm here for an appointment or whatever. Being at the front desk, we have, um, some technology that allows us to to operate booking and scheduling people really easily. And uh, you basically just hand to them an iPad that they, you know, log in on and they, they get all the, our, um, we get all the information from them needed. You can give them some water or popcorn or sit them down and bring them into one of the rooms and they can kind of process through that and then bring, you know, a nurse to see them. 
Um, that that's kind of that first and foremost. We have a lot of hours gap that that need to be filled uh, to to sit at that front desk. You need to be able to have a little bit of tech savvy, you know, learnability. Um, and just be really enthused to encounter and, and yeah. meet a woman who may be on the worst day of her life coming in to see you. Yeah, that's an important position. I, I've always thought that you know that at any uh, any organization, even a you know a bank or, or or you know whatever, that first point of contact is so important. You know, but it, with what you're doing, it's like times a thousand. You know that Absolutely that when they not. walk in and that first person they see and a smile and a nice voice and a kind comment, boy, that's important. So, all right, if you're interested in that, uh, just email info at birthchoicedallas.org. Uh, Aaron Fowler here. We're down to our last minute or so. Uh, what else you want? You need funds or uh, <laughs> what? What? What else uh, would you like to say? And just. The, the floor is yours. Anything you want to say? We've got yeah, about a minute uh, left. Uh, you mentioned funds. Uh, every nonprofit loves to receive funds. So yeah, I think that's, yeah. uh, that's the main source of revenue from individual donors that, that Birth Choice and probably a large majority of the little nonprofits serving the community are out there. And so that's definitely something, you know, time, talent, and treasure is a way that you can offer and support life. Um, uh, and with Birth Choice, come in and see us first. Come talk yeah. to us. I want to hear, you know, the community's story. Um, uh, it's just as valuable to me as, as a little, you know, check that gets sent in and I never get to hear or talk right. to that person. Yeah. Uh, the culture yeah. of life is really what's vitally important to the pro-life movement. Um, and things are opening up a bit now, you know, more places are opening up and, Absolutely. and so I think a lot of people are just eager to get out there and do something and, you know, be with people again. And so this is a good opportunity and, uh, birth choice, uh, I think, as you mentioned earlier, located on the corner of. Uh, Greenville and Royal, right uh, in the same you know, corner as the, the the surgical center, so so to speak, abortion center. All right, um, birthchoicedallas.org is the website. Executive director is Aaron Fowler, and congratulations on your first year in the books, and hopefully there will be many more years uh, as well. And if you're interested in that client advocate position, or volunteering, or front desk, or donating, or whatever else you want to do birthchoicedallas.org. So do we cover pretty much everything? That Fantastic. I want to really thank my board and my staff for the great work that they do every day. They show up and we each inspire, you know, the, the motivation that's needed. So, so we're just really working well as a team. Uh, and to thank particularly Rhonda Moreland, my, my board chair, she's done fantastic work and helped uh, build up this team. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much, uh, Aaron. Good to see you. And we are going to take a break now and we're going to play that spot. Is that right? Sissel's <laughs> trying to get that spot. So I'll, I'll chow. Okay. She's got it. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be about our summer speaker series event. It's August 5th. And so it's still a ways away. No. Yes. No. Okay. Maybe. Okay. I keep talking. All right. Uh, and so this is just a little fun spot we did. Uh, wait, no, I, what am I talking about? Uh, there was the Sherathon spot. That's what you're trying to tell me, right? Yes, hang on a second. Okay, I, you, I'm sorry. You, you psyched me out. Let, now let, I gotta let, fix it again. Let's do the Sherathon spot. That's <laughs> the one. I, 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 we, we, do these, we do these spots for the Summer Speaker Series event, and then we also do, uh, we did a, a fun spot for the upcoming Sherathon. That was just kind of people letting people know about it. Okay, now we got it. Uh, and if you want to get tickets for the Summer Speaker Series event with Father uh, John Ricardo, go to summerspeakerseries.com. 
com. And of course, if you want to donate during our Shareathon, just uh, wait. Sissel will give out the phone number a few times in this spot so you'll know what to call on beginning June 8th. So, all right. Here, and then don't forget Dr. Sanford with the interview with Bishop uh, Ward, uh, Archbishop Ward from Iraq, will be right around the corner after this break. So, we will be back. Hello? 1-800-476-3311. what are you doing? I'm practicing giving out the phone number for the upcoming Summer Shareathon. Oh, I guess it's not a bad idea. It's right around the corner, June 8th through the 11th, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. The theme is Holy Catholic, so make sure you call 800-476-3311 with your donation. You're definitely getting some good practice in, Cecil. Yeah, I'll put you down for a $5,000 donation, Dave. Dave? I was just practicing. Do you know a healthcare professional who would benefit by learning more about fertility awareness and the Billings Ovulation Method? Someone in need of continuing education credit? BOMA USA, the Billings Ovulation Method Association, is a new sponsor of KTH 910AM. They've created online training specifically for healthcare professionals or experienced fertility awareness teachers. Visit BOMA-USA.org and click on Health Professionals at the top of the page. Please spread the word to the healthcare professionals in your life. The 38th Annual Gravesite Memorial Service for Aborted Babies, buried at Calvary Hill Cemetery, will be on Sunday, May 30th at 2.30 p.m. Bishop Greg Kelly, Auxiliary Bishop of Dallas, will be presiding and will give a blessing of mothers and children as part of the service. Calvary Hill Cemetery is located in Dallas on the north side of Lombardi Lane. Everyone is encouraged to bring flowers for the gravesite. For more information, please call Laura Weston at 214-358-0694. Hello, Catholic Life Insurance is a family-focused company that offers life insurance and retirement benefit plans. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Radio on KATH 910 AM. To learn more about Catholic Life Insurance, you can contact Larry Linson or David Walker in our Dallas office at 972-484-3000. Again, 972-484-3000. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And as I mentioned a couple of times in the first half of the show, we have a very special second half of the program. So honored uh, that, uh, first of all, that we have Dr. Jonathan Sanford here, the president of the University of Dallas. Every fourth Monday, he comes in and does what we call the University of Dallas segment. And today he has a very special guest. In fact, we recorded this last Monday because their spring commencement uh, was the day before on May 16th. And I'm going to let him uh, do the introduction, uh, but it is a great honor. So, Dr. Sanford, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me again, Dave. It's such a pleasure to be with you. So, our, our guest today is Archbishop Bashar Warda, who is the Chaldean Catholic Archbishop of Erbil in Iraq. And Archbishop Warda has really become a world leader representing persecuted Christians, advocating for religious liberty, and um, being engaged in building alliances with those people who want to see a flourishing Catholic and Christian community within Iraq and other places. So we are truly honored to have you with us today, Archbishop Warda. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Archbishop Warda inspired the University of Dallas community yesterday with his remarks. And one of the things that I found especially notable was his emphasis on education. And, um, to his, to his, um, credit many of his initiatives in Iraq on top of, 
of caring for uh, displaced Christians after the uh, invasion of ISIS, of the uh, Nineveh Plain. Um, he has many high-level works that he is engaged in, and yet he has found time to focus on cultivating educational institutions. So he founded the Mar Karda School Mar Kardach, in, yes. in Erbil, which is a high school. It's an international um, baccalaureate accredited high school, and they are looking for teachers. So if you are inspired to teach in Urbio at a Catholic school, um, please do look them up. And he also is the founder of the Catholic University in Urbio. So Archbishop Warda, why, why this emphasis on education? Um, first, I mean, uh, when we when we read the gospel, the first thing our our Lord Jesus did was he went up to the mountain and start teaching, mm-hmm. uh, because when when you I mean it's the highest service that you could give to the humanity when you start teaching them, and teaching is uh, is sharing with them the the wisdom of life in a way that it would really get them uh, thrive and it's for the well their well being in, in in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it comes to a troubled country like like Iraq, uh, I say, well, here is the road to reconciliation uh, among because there we have what we call it's a country where of majority of minorities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to Muslims, Shia and Sunni, when it comes to Shia, they have different tribes. Sunni is different tribes. So it's really uh, we've been blessed. I I would say that of about this diversity, but we. We never got it right mm. in a way to collaborate. Uh, the third, uh, being being Christian, uh, I mean, in a certain days and centuries, we were the majority. I mean, after four centuries of persecution, uh, I mean, Christianity was there since the beginning of the second century, end of the first century, beginning of the second century. Uh, for four centuries, the waves of persecution mm-hmm. and then we have around two centuries where, I mean, where Church of the East started really going as a missionary to to the Gulf states mm-hmm. up to United Arab Emirates. Qatar, Qatar was for for in the ninth century one of the most important school of liturgy. Until today, we use the commentary uh, commentaries on on liturgical, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, our liturgy from the school of Qatar, and then went to Iran, Afghanistan, all of this. With the coming of Islam. Three conditions were uh, Islam or jizya. We will protect you. You will not be part of our, uh, I mean, uh, armies of invasion. Mm-hmm. But you have to pay al jizya. We and the Jewish and others, or otherwise the sword. Mm-hmm. So also some tribes, Christian tribes, we well-known Christian tribes, became Muslims, and. The way that our ancestors found a way for dialogue with Islam was through education, mm-hmm. translating philosophical texts from, from Greek to Syriac and from Syriac to Arabic. And I'm sure, doctor, you know all about, about this. Mm-hmm. So education was a mean of dialogue. And uh, it uh, really, it helped a lot. And we have big, I mean, big events where, where the patriarch, the head mm-hmm. of the church, got in a dialogue with, with the Khalifa on, on many issues. And mm-hmm. it was straight. And what was interesting is that dialogue used uh, terms 
that the other would understand it. Mm-hmm. We did not use some philosophical texts that, for example, or words that the other would not understand. It was really quite humbling to go and understand the other think, way of thinking and then come back to dialogue with mm-hmm. him in mm-hmm. that way. And it went this way, uh, speaking of the modern history of Iraq, the Jesuits uh, from Boston came and established the School of Baghdad and the University of Wisdom until Saddam's regime came and nationalized everything. So for me, uh, to protect or to, to, to protect the Christians or to maintain a, a, a thriving Christian presence in Iraq, I have to look and learn from history how we are going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, we could tell the, the Christians, please stay, this is our historical land, but at the end of the day, okay, stay, why? Right. You have to be someone who contributes as well. You, you, you have to believe that you are building your country. You are important. You are needed. Mm-hmm. And when God give us, gave us this, I mean, grace that we are welcomed because we are educators, mm-hmm. okay, it's a responsibility then. Mm-hmm. You cannot just sit there and thank God for it. No? Mm-hmm. You have to do that. So that's my belief for, for all of these three reasons. Uh, being a teacher is a gift from God and then uh, coming to a way of dialogue with others and then being also uh, a thriving community through education. Mm-hmm. And are, are you enabled to educate and structure your curriculum, organize the day in a way that's, that's um, free from external intrusion from the state? Do you feel like you have sufficient liberty to to exercise education in the way that that you hope to? Well, the system in Kurdistan, uh, north of Iraq, it's a a, a semi-autonomous region in in Kurdistan, still within the federal of of Iraq. Uh, They have also a ministry of higher education. They they have the possibility that you would register within within the system there and get the license. Uh, of course, there are certain requirements to have you have to follow on on this, but this will not also uh, be an obstacle from really getting international in in this sense. Mm-hmm. There is another uh, possibility that that I am working with 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 you here and with uh, Steubenville and hopefully with Walsh University and with others. Uh, and I'm I'm grateful for your help to direct me where to go to have. Catholic Universities Alliance with us mm-hmm. so that I could go to the Parliament of Kurdistan and tell them I need a special status mm-hmm. on, on this. Mm-hmm. So you have to allow me because I am part of alliance mm-hmm. of Catholic universities, certain Catholic universities in, in, in America. And they will be delighted really to have such big, uh, uh, important institutions that would help also says about the coexistence and the spirit of, of tolerance and mm-hmm. all of these. So we will be working with you and with others really to make this alliance with Catholic University of Erbil so we could really bring bring the spirit mm-hmm. uh, of, of Christ. Because right now what we are working, and I was explaining to you, uh, we have, I mean, very devoted Catholics uh, working there. But all of them, their career, they were educated in public universities mm-hmm. s- with certain political environment. None of them was really part of any Catholic education. Mm-hmm. So all they know, it's their experience, <laughs> their model uh, is, is public universities. Yeah. And they are willing really to learn 
but still it's not like someone who got it young. Yeah. Uh, so you, you have a certain administrative staff, I would say 20% is, uh, is this type. And I have also new, 80% is, is a new young, uh, mm-hmm. willing to really to, to develop and learn and be modeled in, in this. Mm-hmm. But the whole environment at the university is uh, an environment I've told them, please let them breathe Christ, mm-hmm. breathe the Holy Spirit, breathe Christianity. And this will probably get them to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And we are there to answer in, in a way. Yes, so it's, it's a journey. It's a journey. And I, I, I think and God is, is just opening uh, doors for us to make this alliance a reality. Mm-hmm. So we would go and tell the, the parliament, I need the special status. Yeah, and we're, we're eager to find ways to build that alliance and, and make it a strong one. Please, God. It's it's a remarkable thing in some respects. So some of the universities you mentioned, certainly the University of Dallas, we we work very hard to preserve our tradition of um, Catholic education, fidelity to the magisterium, but also a, a a way of approaching liberal education that that's rooted in the tradition, but orients us towards um, innovation. Right. So there's there's engagement with primary texts. There's experimentation in the laboratory. There's work in the fine arts, all to cultivate individuals, students in a particular way, oriented towards the true, good, and beautiful. So we're we're holding on and pushing forward. You're, it sounds, in a situation where you're you're starting from scratch in a certain sense within within the 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 environment. Um, and yet there is a tradition to rest upon, right? There's there are documents in in the recent church even, Ex Corde Ecclesiae being the principal mm-hmm. one, right, from the very heart of the church, the university springs, in order to orient uh, students and, and ultimately to build culture founded on the truths of the human person, right? St. John mm-hmm. Paul II emphasized again and again the significance of anthropology. So when, when you think about the, the culture-building effects of both the university education in Erbil as well as the high school education. What, what, what do you see coming out of that education? How, how would this change the, um, uh, the, the plight of the Christian community within Iraq? How will this um, help to revive Iraq, not just within the Christian population, but, but as a whole? Uh, first of all, um, moving the Christians from being marginalized and living at the margins of the society to the heart of the society. I'm taking the Christians or calling them, let's go to the back sides of the whole, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, society and start from there. Mm-hmm. I know it's a long, long journey ahead of us when it comes to education. It's not, I mean, you know, I mean, when it comes to education, you have to be patient and persevere on, on, on the vision that we, you have and hold it there. Uh, so trying to get them to the heart of, of the society by educating mm-hmm. and educators, uh, it will really be a mission mm-hmm. in, in a way, but it's a, I think it's there. Uh, first, again, God have gave us also the blessing of being accepted mm-hmm. uh, among, among the Muslims when it comes to education. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2004, my, my parish in Baghdad was bombed on the 1st of August, 2004. It was Sunday. 
and the the unit the american troops were there around they just they came to to check uh, about the safety of all and to have few pictures. And the colonel at that time asked me, Father, what are you going to do? What would be your response? I said, building a school. Mm-hmm. Because the neighborhood which allowed allowed the car bomb to be installed of, in front of, mm-hmm. of this church needs to be educated. Mm-hmm. And they've helped us with 600,000 US dollars at that time to build a new school, very mm-hmm. modern. Uh, 92% of its students are Muslims. Mm. And since then, they are the one who are protecting the the school. Uh, and when I told, listen, when I told the parents, listen, they will, they will be in, in, the, in the yard of, of the church and praying the Our Father as we stop. Oh, okay, no problem. There mm. will be hymns. No problem, no problem, Abuna, Father, in, mm. in a way. So, yes, I mean, I saw that response. I mean, we know them. We know they, they, they trust us when mm-hmm. it comes to education and health. Mm-hmm. So it's there. That's, I, I believe that when, I mean, in God, that in his providence, that whenever there is a, a challenge, he just, I mean, provided us with just solutions way out, mm-hmm. but we have to look because mm-hmm. sometimes we are so caught in our problems that we cannot look well look around mm-hmm. and within this difficult and extreme when it comes to education oh no no we trust you that you will be really taking care of our sons and daughters mm-hmm. in, in a proper respectful way to teach them to guide them so this would be uh, yes a gift so you have to uh, accept it responsibly mm-hmm. and when i bring the christians to the heart they will start really putting some some of the efforts We don't. We have not to forget that we are a culture of question and of debates. That's mm-hmm. that's who we are. I mean, I mean, even when we start from our father Abraham, right. uh, he was the big debaters with God. I mean, yes, right. and they continue. And then the Old Testament, the, the long book of uh, uh, yeah, that, which shows that how many times people were. I mean, people prophets were arguing with God in, mm-hmm. in a way. So we, continuing that tradition uh, within the Catholic schools mm-hmm. and Catholic education, it's important also for, for Muslims who would be, uh, in a way, not questioning, mm-hmm. when not, not questioning anything that comes from imams, from, I mean, you want, no, no, that's being said in the Sharia, that's it. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? I, I should, I mean, helping them to ask why and where and who, and this is really, no, that's, get, that's get, yeah. get them into the debate. Yes. Get them into the debates and the art of debates, uh, but always, always reminding them that, yes, we are brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. We are the sons and daughters of Abraham, because for, for Muslims, Abraham is really, really a highly respected figure. Yeah. So, listen, we are brothers and sisters. Probably I will tell them when we are friends, probably we'll debate and that's it. No one will be there anymore. We'll cut the relationship. But as a, as a brothers and sisters mm-hmm. means we are one family. Mm-hmm. So, and even if I disagree with you, but still you are my brother in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in this. So, uh, I hope that in the long term uh, of, of our education is the one that would help critical thinking, mm-hmm. debate, asking questions, and this will really uh, help 
forming a new mm-hmm. a new culture right. in that part of the Middle East where there would be a respectful dialogue, no forbidding questions. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to answers, okay, we have to take time and say, who said this and why? Yeah. Well, first off, that's such a, a tremendous witness to hope that your response to your church being bombed was, I'm going to need to build a school, right? Because investing in an institution like that, it does take time. And there, there are no shortcuts to being really educated. And then secondly, I find that just a, a really beautiful description of one of the chief fruits of a real education, right? The, the cultivation of the art of inquiry, learning how to disagree without quarreling, learning mm-hmm. how to engage in rational disagreement. And, and that, that theme of rationality, how can you give an account of the reason why? That's really at the, the root of the Greek philosophical engagement with reality, right? Socrates is always saying, you know, what is it? What is it? Why? Mm-hmm. And um, up through the ages. And, and indeed, our, our tradition is not one of a kind of monolithic, smooth, trajectory, there, there are conflicts between Plato and Homer, Aristotle and Plato. When we get into the Christian tradition, Athens and Jerusalem in conversation, there are conversations between Eastern and Western Christians and, and up through the ages. But um, when one is asking why and opening up room for genuine inquiry, the truth emerges there because you're, you're as it were, rubbing, rubbing sides against each other and, and, and the the, the gym within the the stone emerges through that process. So I, I, I really yeah. see that as, as a culture formation activity. I find that quite inspiring. Yes, uh, uh, engaging in, in such academic debate, it's, it's really uh, important and needed. But on what we call day-to-day and the what we call the on the ordinary encounter with imams and uh, especially after the ISIS, we had the chance and we had the opportunity that so many imams came and start really saying, listen, Bishop, I mean, we, I mean, we really, really, uh, I mean, honor you and your community on, on this, but ISIS has nothing to do with Islam. Uh, wait, wait, I mean, you are just saying that ISIS is not representing of Islam because of the killing and, and, or there is more on this. Mm-hmm. Where is your condemnation? You never apologize for the victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your, I mean, your condemnation is because defending Islam and the image of Islam. What about the victims? Mm-hmm. And they start really thinking. And then I got them to another stage of, I mean, listen, both of us, we believe in one God, right? Yes. That's the ultimate reality. Why? Yes. So that's the foundation for democracy. Mm-hmm. That that's the only ultimate truth that we have. Right? Yes. So other th- other other issues would be not relatives, but different ways. I mean, mm-hmm. if you believe in one God, then the democracy is there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because other other ideologies is just relatives in 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 a way, mm-hmm. and. This will take us to our important as as bishops, priests, imams, to mm-hmm. educate our people the people that religion will never be will never be a source of violence. It should be always uh, part of the solution to the problems because mm-hmm. we know I mean of of all the wars that that humanity get engaged in, 
only 10% were of religious motivation, yeah. <laughs> motivated. And, 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 and it's hard to say if they were truly motivated by religion. No, no. Yeah. I mean, we know that 10%. I mean, statistically, mm-hmm. it was uh, just 10% of all of these wars and mm-hmm. disputes were for religiously motivated. Other things were tribal, political, in a sense. So how comes that we allow others mm-hmm. to hijack religion for right. this? Right. So we, as bishops, priests, imams, have a responsibility. Otherwise, we will be really judged by the uh, father who is really the father of all people. Yes. What, what should American Christians be doing to um, help you as, as you're engaged in this work? And um, are, are there things we should be reading? Are there things we should be attending to to participate in some significant way? Um, either directly or indirectly in advancing your, your important work. Usually people would ask me there why you go to America when the Americans were really behind all of the mess. And I said, well, I ha- we have to be honest with reading our history. History was never <laughs> like peaceful uh, all of these centuries and the Americans has not to, nothing to do. I mean, the Americans just came in 2003 and made all of this mess. But I go there to first remind them that you are responsible Mm -hmm. and you have also another ways of really getting things better. And I do believe of in in the goodwill of so many Americans that I've met in Iraq and also here that they could make really a big change Mm -hmm. with their experience because you've been there in religious wars and, Mm -hmm. you know, disputes, local disputes for centuries. You've been fighting all of this and until you really came up with, with this, uh, I mean, political system, which is uh, still, I mean, working. However, also we met throughout the, the last 20 years, lots of really generous Americans of their time and their mm-hmm. their efforts and their prayers. And some of them came and still working with me and helping me, directing me and also really to find out to, to make all of this good links and mm-hmm. uh, that we are going to work differently. Yes, I mean, you were there, Americans for war, but I'm sure you could be there for building up a new, mm-hmm. a new uh, Iraq via the Christian uh, who are there and um, yeah, praying for the Christians, raising awareness for the Christians and supporting all of these initiatives in any way. I mean, we have uh, six young people just graduated from Steubenville have signed that to come for a year to teach mm-hmm. in our schools. And I do believe that if other young people and other Americans will know that there is a place to fly from here to Doha, from Doha rightly to Erbil and be with with the Christians helping us building this mm-hmm. education system, I'm sure they will be there with us. Wonderful, wonderful. Yesterday you used the phrase collective responsibility and and indeed um, that is something that is, that is uh, felt by Christians across the world. So if you feel inspired in some way to um, participate in Archbishop Warda's work, um, we ask that you uh, would direct your attention to um, I'm not sure what source. How can they? How can they find you? Yeah, well, they could visit the site STM Iraq. It's one word: stmiraq.org. It's mm-hmm. Saint Thomas Mission Iraq. Mm-hmm. dot org. It's a site that we are building now to raise awareness to 
educate the people in America about ways of, of helping uh, exchange programs, coming for a short period, uh, praying for the Christians, making it uh, known to them what we are doing there with pictures, events, and videos. Mm -hmm. And if someone would like to donate or to adopt a study of a, of a student at the Catholic University of Erbil, it would cost only 3,000 US dollar a year, 12,000 uh, when it comes to the full program. Uh, so it's, it's this kind of activity. So mm -hmm. stmiraq.org. Wonderful. It's one work. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being a guest on the show. Thank you for being our commencement speaker and inspiring us. And thank you for the tremendous work you're doing in building up the kingdom of God. Thank you, Doctor, for all the good work that we are going to do together. God, God willing, God I look bless. forward to it. Amen. All right. Uh, that was very interesting. Uh, thank you very much for making this uh, one of your stops, and uh, we hope you're enjoying your time in North Texas. So uh, Archbishop uh, Bashar Mati Warda, the current Archbishop of Erbil, Iraq, thank you for uh, coming to the Guadalupe Radio Network studio. And uh, Dr. Sanford, good to see you again. We'll see you next month. Looking and forward to it, uh, look forward to see who your, uh, your guest is going to be next 